0: Well, joining me now on the phone is David Yepsen. David, a great friend of the program. He's host of Iowa Press on Iowa Public Broadcasting. He's the former director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at SIU Carbondale and former national political correspondent for the Des Moines Register. David, thank you so much for joining me this evening.
1: It's good to be with you, Rick. Thank you.
0: Well, it, it was actually... Uh, this is kind of an outgrowth of a conversation that David and I had uh, earlier or, or last week, actually for a story I wrote about uh, governor Prinsker and his uh, taking on Donald Trump in a uh, closed conversation of uh, the nation's governors with the white house. But um, I, I think we're seeing two things going on now is that, uh, the protests are still going on, um, and and I think they're going to continue. The violent uh, looting uh, part that was hitched onto these peaceful protests seems to have ebbed, um, but I still think you know I think this country is kind of at a very serious inflection point.
1: I agree, Rick. I think. Uh in all kinds of ways, there's all kinds of evidence that people are are looking for a change. You have the size of these protests. You have even many police officers expressing consternation at at some of these things we're seeing in the uh, in the streets. Protesters have sort of taken back their movement from uh, people, the opportunists who are looting and uh, really cheapening uh, the protest. Um, I so yeah. I think I think things are changing and in the world you and I work in, which is uh, covering politics. Um, we just had a primary in this state um, on June second. It was a record turnout, the largest turnout we have ever had in a primary. Uh, so people are engaged in a way that they haven't been. Uh, new generations of leaders are coming forward, um, and uh, things they are changing now. Uh, it's a, a long way to election day, uh, but uh, I, I think there's some some fundamental changes. Where a lot of Americans, uh, particularly white Americans, have who thought, you know, we had checked the racial racial box when when we elected Barack Obama president, uh, are finding a rude awakening that no, things are not uh, uh, what we thought they were. So I, I do I think things they are changing.
0: Well, and and I, I think. Quite frankly, and I—I I, I don't mean to harp on that case in Buffalo of that 75-year-old white protester, but I think you know that almost, in some respects, you know, fueled that there is some issues that need to be addressed about police, uh, police tactics, uh, and then you had President Trump basically wanting to militarize uh, the response to protests by calling in. Not just the National Guard, but the the Armed Services and the Insurrection Act. Uh, now, at least we've seen that the president today uh, is basically sending the National Guard out of out of Washington. But I think that you know it, it just seemed to be this compounding of things on top of the, the pandemic restrictions that so much of the country had been under.
1: And I think uh, that. The president's performance on some of these issues is hurting him politically. Uh, you have American military leaders and retirees who are vocally uh, disagreeing with him, uh, saying they're they're not going to support him. We're going to vote for um, Joe Biden. Um, you have um, you have polling that shows his uh, Biden up with a double digit lead nationally in uh, in polling. Now you and I both know that national polls are one thing. You, tell, right. you know, tell me what the polls are in Wisconsin and, <laughs> and Pennsylvania and Michigan, and then we can we can talk. But I, but things have moved, and and uh, you know, a lot of military people who originally thought to be uh, strong, good conservative Republicans. You know they're not happy with the way uh, Trump is is handling this, and so it's it's a long way to uh, election day. But um, c- clearly, the, the president is having some trouble uh, hand dealing with this situation.
0: Well, I thought the the military, the response of of these retired military leaders was really astounding, particularly when you're talking. You know, you're thinking about somebody like Jim Mattis, who was uh, Mad Dog, his Secretary of Defense and who who had for the most part kept his uh, silence in in refusing as he sold his book not wanting to really engage in direct uh when asked questions about his view of the white house and i thought that was astounding when he said you know this is presidents unite this man is a divider you 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 throw on colin powell and of course there's you knew that the you know powell was not going to be a, a trump fan of any kind and and kind of acknowledged as much uh Four years ago in the election, but all of these other uh you know rear admiral mullen former former chairman Joint chiefs of staff i mean to me, that says an awful lot about wanting to put a break on where the military fits into a political environment yes, it does, and it's it's telling military
1: people particularly at those top levels of command, even are usually very careful not to get involved uh, in in blatantly partisan uh, campaigns. They take very seriously the, the separation uh, that we have in this country. And there's a debate now over whether uh, uh, that has was done properly uh, in Trump's photo op in, in front of the church uh, uh, a few days ago. So, you know, we're having a little discussion about the role of the military. And, you know, there are some military people who uh, Trump, you know let's remember uh Trump did not serve, and um you know he, he acts like he um maybe how do i don't want to say this he, he's just acting too macho for somebody who wasn't able to go to Vietnam because he had bone spurs and real soldiers uh soldiers who um, have defended this country for careers uh, are just uh, fed up with this and it sort of boils over when you see those kind of comments coming from respected uh, retired military people
0: we're speaking with david Yepsen. he's the host of iowa press on iowa public broadcasting i'm rick pearson this is the sunday spin on this Sunday evening. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. This is your Sunday Spin. Joining me on the phone, my good friend David Yepsen, former national political correspondent of the Des Moines Register, who is now the host of the venerable Iowa Press on Iowa Public Broadcasting. Uh, David, we've got a call from our friend Ron. Ron, welcome to the Sunday Spin. Hello, Rick. Uh, they, my, my question, with with a lot of the recent discussions of racial
1: um, equality and because um, Joe Biden did say he was going to choose a female vice president, is it more pressure on him now? Because the African-American community uh really looking for him to choose an African-American female. So that's my question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Yes, Ron, you're right. And I agree. He said he needs to pick a woman. I think it needs to be an African-American. Um, and for just the reasons that you said, Ron, uh, black voters have been pretty loyal to the Democratic Party uh, for many years. Um, Their turnout wasn't that great in uh, 2016, and it uh, contributed to Hillary Clinton's loss. Uh, Now, Democrats can't and shouldn't take it for granted anymore. It's a a changing vote, it's a changing world, and and politicians have to, uh, you know, Democrats particularly have to rethink a little bit about how they approach uh, African Americans. Um, You you know, and, and this is one thing that Biden can do. Uh, and so you've got Kamala Harris, for example, is at the at the list. Val Demings, a congresswoman from uh, Florida, uh, is another uh, that are that are mentioned. But you know, it has to go beyond that, Ron. I I think um, uh, Democrats, as I say, they, the African Americans have been loyal voters, and many of them are are feeling that the. The the Democrats have not delivered on their promises, particularly on issues of income inequality. We don't talk about that enough, uh, but it is a big deal in this conversation that we're having. And so the times are changing. Uh, Younger voters uh, are having some doubts about uh, voting. Um, they're saying we're told to go turn out and vote, but nothing happens, nothing changes. Um, they had 38 percent turnout of voters under age 30 uh, in the 2018 elections. Voters over age 65 was double that. So younger voters uh, were staying home too. And so if, if Joe Biden is, uh, he can't just rely on Trump's mistakes. He he has to. Um, get people fired up to be for him, particularly, as you said, Ron, in the African-American community and I think also among younger voters under age 30.
0: David, I mean, obviously we don't have any data to tell us this, but given kind of the intensity of protests, the the, the protests in the aftermath of George Floyd, and even seeing protests in you know, demonstrations in places that are small towns or you know, even uh, there were uh, some out in uh, conservative west suburban Wheaton. Um, is there a intensity value here? I, I, I kind of wonder if it wasn't for COVID-19, if this wouldn't be one huge voter registration effort.
1: Uh, it, it was, but thanks to absentee ballots, you know, people can still... Um, go to the polls and turn out, as they did here in in this state. Uh, No question about it, Rick. Um, It's just it's different. You have Mitt Romney participating in a uh, demonstration outside the White House. Um, Alex Burns from the New York Times had a tweet today. He said, I never thought I would have seen the day when Mayor Bill de Blasio was defending the New York City Police Department, and Mitt Romney is protesting in the streets. You know, and we're seeing a lot of things uh, that we didn't see before. And part of it's generational, Rick. Uh, You know, we we go back to the southern strategy and it looks like trump's replaying what nixon did in 68 we're two generations removed from that and um so you're seeing many people who are saying republicans and independents and who are saying this something isn't right here in this country we've got to make some changes
0: and as you say in that that southern strategy you, you know we're we're, we're talking uh, over 50 years and yeah and what's, what's look at the country these days yeah, I
1: mean, those southern states, many of them are in toss-up uh, situations. Georgia, Texas is moving uh blue. Uh and um many the, the old southern strategy was the, the based on race baiting and all that. That stuff doesn't work and it's going to be important uh for both candidates I think to rethink the strategies going into this because it, you know, the old rules are are just not um, they 're not working like they, they used to we 've got look we'll how the technology has changed this debate we 're having this debate because of the iphone we 're capturing things that we never we 'd heard about but had never seen before, and that has changed um, our attitudes towards this racial problem that we have in this country we 're seeing it up close and technology is changing the way politicians campaign um and and so on, you know facebook and direct messaging uh, things we never uh, have seen before in campaigns. so it's a it's a new game it's a fascinating time to be uh, covering politics and watching it but one thing's for sure no november is a long way away
0: that's exactly right um i did so when you talked about the the iowa primary not to be confused with the caucus please. Right. We don't want to go there. Uh, but um, what what was your view for why it was such, such a significant turnout?
1: Um, it, it was partly the effect of the caucuses. You had a huge mobilization effort in the Democratic Party. Uh, there was a, a U.S. Senate primary in the Democratic Party. But here's another example of change. Long-term Congressman Steve King, controversial Republican from uh, northwestern Iowa, He was thrown out in a primary, uh, lost by 10 points. Uh, And, you know, what was happening just across the state line in Minneapolis from his district, I think, played a role in many rank-and-file stalwart Iowa Republicans uh, saying, hey, Steve, those old lines and, and rhetoric just doesn't work. We need a congressman who can be more effective. So that's another example of the change that I'm seeing.
0: Well, and I, but I thought it was interesting too. This wasn't King getting taken out in a general election by a Democrat. And Northwestern Iowa, of course, is strongly Republican, strongly conservative. But the fact that you know everybody knew w- w- Steve King and knew what he represented, and he had been able to last for so long until, I mean, basically even even the Republican uh, caucus in Washington stripped him of of any uh committee powers and uh, that i think was probably the final straw that did him in
1: it yeah, it was with a lot of republicans you know you can be a conservative without coming off like a racist or a white supremacist uh and so he's he's gone and you know these are these are pretty conservative people that his replacement is most likely going to be a conservative but he's not good he's not going to come with the the baggage and, and some of the rhetoric that Steve King um uh, peddled uh, that is an Iowa that I know and uh, it 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 was uh, uh it really uh, again a uh, a marker of how much voters are changing their attitudes towards things and the politician
0: one of the uh in, in one of the sunday shows and I, I can't i can't remember exactly it might have been admiral mullen who who said this i i, I don't want to be wrong so i'm not sure but was talking but was talking about how presidents have to uh represent everybody and not just their base and this i mean this seems to be the, the president's game right now is 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 the base it's not about growing a base
1: yes both parties do that they fire up their base uh, republicans have um, reacted to the growth in the democratic base with a variety of efforts to it's the critics call it turnout suppression republicans believe they're trying to foster election security uh but you win an election today by firing up your base and seeing that your your opposition is discouraged from uh, from turning out and what they, what you're just talking about here is we have to go back to the old days when a republican ran as a conservative in the in the primary and a democrat ran in the primary and then for the general election they dove to the center and tried to become more centrist uh instead uh, you know they they win their primaries by appealing to the base and then they just keep going and mm-hmm. trying to find you know in the civil war it was called waving the bloody shirt uh and finding ways to to energize and and radicalize and mobilize their base and i think that has to change and maybe that is um when when you see mitt romney protesting like that um you know that's uh that's a diff- something's changed
0: yeah uh, and um I know you know we've started seeing that phrase again, speaking of Nixon, the silent majority, and th- th- here again that that's that's different that was that was well, then that
1: was then it it uh it, it certainly we saw it in, in twenty sixteen it may still be there, Rick yeah I think Trump's support gets understated in some of these polls. Um, there's a phenomenon called the shy Trump voter. It's not real cool to be for Trump and so you get a phone call from a pollster uh, and you're a Trump voter. Um, you know you, well I don't know you, your response is um, is muted. Uh, so uh, Nixon called it the silent majority. Um, there may be some uh, still a, a shy Trump. Uh, electorate out there uh, that, that if I'm be unhappy with Trump now. Rural America is being trashed by trade wars and, and hard economic times. That was going on even before uh, the, the racial turmoil flared up. And so I think a lot of Trump's voters, people who were for him in 2016, uh, are, are rethinking it now, uh, particularly white women, white, non-evangelical women who voted for Trump. They're definitely a, a target of opportunity for um, uh, for Democrats.
0: But does his kind of law and order pitch appeal to those suburban women uh, who are more moderate and may have may have fallen uh, towards the Democratic column in recent years? Yes, yes, it should. Though
1: we know those voters are very concerned about security, uh, but security is more than just having more cops on the street. Now that we're seeing uh, security in terms of our health, uh, in, in terms of our our political dialogue, the country sort of looks like it's coming unglued. And so I think those things motivate uh, all voters, but and certainly uh, suburban women voters, which it, it, you're correct, is a very critical uh, in determining the outcome of, uh, of this president. They will be very critical in determining the outcome of this presidential
0: election. David Yepsen, host of the Iowa Press on Iowa Public Broadcasting. David, as always, thank you so much for joining me and hope to see you sometime soon. Okay, great
1: talking to you, Rick.